Welcome to the Product Boss Podcast, where we help product-based businesses grow their sales and improve their strategies. Hey, everyone. I want to introduce you to my co-host and biz bestie, Mina Kunlo-Sita, an Amazon guru that has built a multi-six-figure product-based business. In introducing the other half of the product boss, Jacqueline Snyder, she has helped launch and grow over 500 fashion apparel and accessory brands, even one of her own. And together, we share our inventory of secret weapons that will help you dig deep and do the work it takes. Are you ready? Let's build together. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Product Boss Podcast. I'm your host, Jacqueline Snyder, with Mark Wahlberg's biggest fan, Mina <laughs> Kuno Sita. Hey, Mina. Hey, Jacqueline. Mark, call me. <laughs> He's totally listening to the Product Boss Podcast. Yes. So um, we are all about talking celebrities. So happy Halloween, y'all. Um, and in the spirit of Halloween, we are talking about your alter egos. And sometimes when you're trying to find an alter ego, because we're going to talk about the seven alter egos of a solopreneur celebrity edition, it might be easier for you to sometimes put on those like masks, hats, whatever you need to do to get your brain in the space of like, okay, today I have to be Beyonce and mm-hmm. you can think, okay, I'm going to be Beyonce. Um, Mina asked me my alter ego and I used to say dragon slayer. And then I've just recently switched it to Arya Stark. And what did you say? I was like, who's that? (laughs) She did not watch Game of Thrones. (laughs) So obviously your alter ego has to be somebody that you connect with you, whoever you want it to be. But sometimes you do have to tap into things that feel uncomfortable for yourself. And a lot of times it's easier to tap into like people who are known for that sort of thing, right? Step into that 30 seconds of courage and see where it takes you. And, and then a lot of times it can be in a alter ego of sorts and who better to think about than celebrities who we know and love. Yeah. You are familiar with them and um, whether they're celebrities or characters on TV. So we're going to jump into that. But before we do, um, I just want to thank everyone that has left us a review on Apple podcasts. And we got this amazing, amazing review from Stephanie. She's the owner of curved and dangerous. And so I'm going to share that with you and thank you, Stephanie, so much for this great review. So it says, I don't know how I stumbled across this podcast, but I'm so thankful that I did. When I find a new podcast, I binge listen from the beginning to end. Normally, I'll walk away with a few nuggets of wisdom to run with. This podcast, however, has been much different. From the very first episode, I've walked away with actionable steps to help improve my product business every time I listen. I discovered the podcast several weeks ago, and I binged around the clock to get through them all. Um, Then, you know, she actually goes into a part where she talks about how she's very much like you and I, so that might be a slight alter ego discussion for her. But she basically goes in and says, I've listened to at least 30 business related podcasts, some that are extremely popular in the entrepreneur space. And for once, I feel like I'm listening to people who actually understand my product based life. Not only are these ladies genuine and just plain likable, but they are truly experts without the ego and fluff. They are real life people and you can tell that they really want to help product based businesses. Now that I'm caught up on all the podcasts, I plan to pursue the entirety of the podcast notes to make sure I have all the freebies and downloads they've offered. With everything I've learned from these ladies, for free. I can't imagine what I'd gain from partnering with them for coaching. That's my next step. And I'm so excited. Well, Stephanie, we can't wait to work with you. Yeah. And she says without the ego, but we are diving into the alter egos, right? (laughs) 
So on that note, we're going to jump into the seven alter egos of a solopreneur celebrity edition. This is actually a serious um, episode, but a little fun and and a treat for you guys on Halloween. All right, so let's jump in. So number one, uh, you're the hat you wear as a solopreneur is that you are a boss, a leader, and a manager. Right. right. This came up because shout out to all the our masterminders in the top, but in the top is our multiple six figure to multiple seven figure business owners. And lots of times they get hung up on the difficult decisions or stepping into that boss role that we so want them to. So this was inspired by them, actually this entire episode, but as we started talking about it more, it was just a really fun way to celebrate Halloween too. So what we say in the top is that we are channeling our Don Draper. So Don Draper is of Mad Men. He's a little bit a play off of kind of what Jacqueline and I think of as that old gray haired man that sits behind his desk, has a secretary up front. Like, In the 1950s. You, yes. How would you describe him more? So I, I was actually in a mastermind some years ago and this came up because as women, and so guys, if you're listening, bear with us, but it's good to hear the other side. But as women, we tend to make excuses for things or we feel like we have to justify. So these women are making a lot of money in their businesses and they're doing extremely well, but they somehow feel like they might have to justify them making money and what they choose to spend that money on to their employees, for example, or um, that they feel like they have to do all the things like, you know, close some huge deals, uh, you know, have multi six figure revenue months, and then also run around to target to try and get a gift for somebody's birthday and then get to the groceries and get their schools, their kids picked up from school and do all the things, right? I mean, raise your hand if you're all feeling that overwhelmed as we're talking about it, no matter what your revenue is. So in this discussion, we were talking about, I think it was basically, you know, explaining your revenue or the ability to, you know, per se, like move into a new space, have this team, and they felt like they had to explain it to their employees. And I said, sometimes us as women, we come up with a lot of reasons for things, but I have to sometimes, my alter ego is the gray-haired white guy, honestly, from the 1950s that sits behind a desk. He's big boss man. He is a secretary who brings him lunch. He is the secretary who buys his wife gifts or sends mm -hmm. her flowers. He's not calling up the flower shop or picking out the flowers. He's like, Jane, please, you know, send my wife this side or the other, or go buy her a tennis bracelet, you know, from wherever. And, um, and I'm not saying that we want to pull away completely from our families or buying gifts, but they there is a, there is a power in that, that I think as boss and leader of your business, of your business, women oftentimes feel like they have to make excuses or they can't ask for what they need. And if you think about Don Draper as your alter ego, mm -hmm. he was a leader. He was clear in what he wanted and what he needed. And he did it. He did it with class forward facing. He did it with class, right? Right. And it was nothing at all like that he had to discuss with his employees. They just knew. He is the boss and your main role, we talked about this in the roles of the CEO, the podcast episode, their main role is to protect your time. There's nobody going up to that white gray haired man saying, oh, what was it that you wanted to give your wife for your 50th anniversary? They're getting it done and they're protecting his time and they are only pushing sheets that need to come in front of him, right? Blah, blah, blah is on line one, sir. Blah, blah, blah is on line two, sir. You know, and they protect his time. Because they know his time is really valuable and 
and he doesn't need to hear about these things that don't matter in the end. Do they um, make sure that he knows what he needs to know? Is he able to make decisions on the things that are important to him? Is he able to build the business like he wants to? You know, um, we only use this descript version of him. Uh, you know, we're not classifying him as a, we're not trying to say anything bad about that era of men or anything like that, but they knew how to get the business done. Right. And, and sometimes we need a reference point. We do. Because mm -hmm. for women, there are not a lot of examples and roles out there of women like us. And even the men, the men in this, in that are in our community or listeners that have maybe also gone an alternate route, right? Like they've mm -hmm. maybe left a career or they have a side hustle to a career they currently have. These are all, um, newer things that we can we could kind of do multiple things and, and pursue passion projects, even that turn into, uh, things that support our life and lifestyle without guilt, right? Without guilt, mm -hmm. um, where women can retire their husbands while, while men can leave a corporate job or something that they didn't always want to have to do and do what they actually want. So I think what we had come to the conclusion of is there's that confidence in your decisions. Um, you walk into a room and you've got your power pose. I mean, women say they have to have the power pose versus men just walk into the room. Yeah. Right? They don't, they're not power posing ahead of time. Lots of times they just go in there knowing that they, they're just much clearer on, um, what they want. Whereas women, they feel like it could be discussed. It can be, um, they, they feel the need to please people. Yeah. They feel the need to please people. Whereas man typically will go in and they're, they're just taught from a very young age, describe what you want and get what you want. Whereas women are taught from a very young age to accommodate. And there is a difference confidence entry point because of that, that they come in and they're like, okay, well, I know what I want. Whereas a woman is like, you know, she sees more in gray a lot of times, multitasking, different things. Obviously these are all generalizations, but if you're the CEO and you need to make very difficult decisions without guilt, you do need to tap into that Don Draper. You do need to tap into that 1950s white-haired man if you need to, to do it without guilt. Because right. all of us have our different version of guilt, making too much money. Um, not enough not time with our family. Yeah. 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 You know, what's interesting is um, we were at a panel where one of the co-founders of FabFitFun was on the panel and she's a mom of two young kids. She launched FabFitFun literally while she was pregnant with her first child in labor where her business partner is texting her about payroll. Um, and she said that she still battles that guilt of when she's home, she's not working enough. When she's working, she's not home enough. Um, Self-care. And so I think no matter what level you're at, we are always going to have this balance. But I just want to tap in really, or say something quick. If these alter egos don't resonate with you, find your version of that. One of our masterminders said, um, Miranda Priestley, which is the, um, the boss on um, Devil Wears Prada, right? We were chatting about that too. And I was like, you know, Miranda Priestley is actually quite fierce, even though they make her the bad person, the bad guy in the movie, because it's kind of like, oh, poor Anne Hathaway, um, you know, cause she wants her things the way she wants them and she wants her water. And that is actually not a very good representation of women in that sort of power position. And so for me, it doesn't resonate for me because I'm like, well, they make her like the unlikable character when you could still have that power and not necessarily be unliked or be 
like a, a witch sort of thing. Oh, Miranda Priestly. See, when she said Miranda Priestly, I thought she meant Miranda on Sex and the Sex City. Sex and the City. So did I. I had to Google it because I forgot. <laughs> I was like, I know the name, but I forgot. And but then, then another one. Another one is like Christina Yang from Grey's Anatomy. Um, mm-hmm. Shonda Rhimes wrote her as a very powerful, a woman who was really focused on what she wanted and she made decisions for her goals. So she didn't compromise on the, the what she wanted to do, that she didn't, she didn't kind of um, bend towards like the status quo, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you watch Grey's Anatomy, so find your person right. and- and that is your having confidence in your decisions, being the leader and the boss and even the manager in your yeah. business. I mean, when I said Miranda, the, she's the lawyer, right? Yeah. Same. There's also Samantha, who is the PR person, different type of boss, right? Then there's um, Carrie, different type of boss. They all have different ideas of their own success. So this just gives you some ideas of who you resonate with most. And then there is um, Charlotte. Charlotte also a different type of boss. Maybe this episode should have been sex in the city edition, (laughs) but okay. So let's move on to number two, alter ego. Okay. So number two is the outsourcing perspective. So we were just talking about the co-founder of FabFitFun where she feels pulled in so many directions and never feels like she has enough time anywhere. And so when you outsource in many ways, it could be outsourcing at home. It could be outsourcing at work or in your business. It allows you to have more white space for your creativity. So Mina, who is our alter ego that we're going to use for outsourcing? We are going to do Beyonce because we like to reference people to that graphic, that meme that everybody talks about. And that is, we have, you have as many hours in the day as Beyonce. It's but, true. You, yeah, do. you do. Caveat is that she also has 20 people on staff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like it multiplies her hours by 20 because she can have someone taking her kids somewhere if she needs them to. She can have someone doing her hair while mm-hmm. she's maybe on social media or eating her lunch. Um, the lunch that somebody else brought her. Right. You know, which then qualifies another segment of time. What else? <laughs> so many things. I'm shopping. Sure yeah. She doesn't have to buy her own clothes. Right. She has clothes pulled for her. She, somebody brings her her coffee. She probably doesn't wash dishes. She doesn't she have to pay her own bills. Kids. You know, how, how much mind space and actual space and time does that clear up for her? So um, Beyonce is wonderful. She's creative. She's talented. But I, I think the thing that I wanted to remind people of as we we're talking about Beyonce is that she is a boss when it comes to outsourcing. You know, we need to all tap into our inner Beyonce when it comes to outsourcing. You better believe that there is a list of things that I would outsource if I had every, if I didn't have to think about any sort of money, if I made billions of dollars or whatever, she probably makes like high millions, you know? Um, Who makes high millions? Beyonce. Oh, I'm probably a billion. You think a billion with a B? We're going to have to look her up. (laughs) So what would you outsource, right? I would outsource driving 100%. You get a driver. Yeah. I would outsource cooking. Oh yeah. Cooking for sure. Massages for sure. Like, and then I would never do my own hair and makeup. You know how stunning I would look all the time? (laughs) Well, I could just be on my phone scrolling Instagram and the DM. Um, Yeah. So, so I know this sounds like you're all might, you all might be saying, well, okay, well, I don't, I'm not Beyonce and Jay-Z and I don't have that money. um, And I don't have that sort of like business belt. That's Okay. Think mm-hmm. about, you know, we often talk about Natalie Ekdahl from Biz Chicks and she says, you know, what you can afford, like, like 
hire for what you can afford. And so it's the same idea here. So I like it when Mina tells me that she pays somebody to cut her mangoes and her vegetables. Do you want to talk about how you pay somebody? You don't have a chef in your house. (laughs) I don't. I just buy the pre-cut stuff and I buy it at top dollar and I have no qualms about paying whatever I need to do to get my mangoes cut my beets wash, rinse, and cut, my guacamole or my avocados made into guacamole with organic, you know, everything under the sun. Um, I also like, I always talk about pomegranates and pistachios. I actually deshell my own pistachios. That's what I'm willing to do. You guys, <laughs> I would, I, would, I love deshelling. <laughs> I had to stop buying the salt and pepper pistachios because I would eat like an entire bag in my bed, <laughs> but I outsource my shop, my grocery shopping. I outsource my Costco shopping. You might ask mm-hmm. how I do that. Um, I use Instacart and they, they, and even Amazon now is the one that delivers whole foods. So I actually paid for Instacart for the year. Um, and you got free delivery and free service charge waived. It's only, I think about a hundred dollars and I've saved like, it tells you how many hours you've saved. I've, I've saved like 120 hours of grocery shopping according to that. And if we're talking about Costco, when I would have time on a weekend to go to Costco, you know, I've saved right there like 15 hours. So that's something that I do where I can, I can right before, you know, we get on a podcast recording, I could go and place my order. I could replace my order. I could, it gets two hour delivery and I know I could get off this podcast recording and my groceries will be be delivered to my door and I just have to put them away in my fridge. Right. I use Grubhub and DoorDash and there's certain restaurants that are on Grubhub and certain restaurants that are on DoorDash and they deliver me lunch and dinner and I pick out what I'm going to be eating. Um, I also do um, Target pickup two hours. Um, I don't, I don't get to do that. I do high V for fresh, fresh produce. It's you pay for delivery or you pay, you go through the driveway to pick up your groceries and it costs nothing. And then, um, for, uh, target pickup, that's two hours. It's because I always wait, wait last minute to get birthday presents. And that's how I get birthday presents is from there because even two days is not fast enough around it's here. It's genius. <laughs> and when I lived in LA, there was prime now. And so you can get things in an hour to deliver that were toys. So, yeah. um, so we just want to share that just a couple like little things. So for example, vegetables, I actually decided that I'm going to start buying my vegetables cut because I used to think it was a waste of money, but you know, it's a waste of money. The vegetables I don't cut and they rot in my fridge because I haven't mm-hmm. used them because I'm like, Oh, I just don't have time to cut those up. So I'm just not going to make something that requires those. So I've decided that that would be something that's going to save me money long-term and, um, and I don't have to do it. I also have recently, I used to tell my husband, all I wanted was to have somebody come to our house and do our laundry. Well, do you know what he did? He found out that you could do fluff and fold. The first time he just took our laundry to the dry cleaners to get fluff and fold in. Then his friend that lives around here said, you know, there's actually like a a service that will pick up and deliver your fluff and fold folded, fold your laundry for you. It's like a dollar a pound. We had our entire weeks of laundry done for $28. So that might be a lot to you. And that might be a little to some of you and $28 of like an entire day of laundry is a hundred percent worth it to us. So like of doing laundry. So just think about Beyonce and the other side to Beyonce is remember she has Sasha fierce, which is her, um, her own stage persona. Yeah. She has to have her own to get on stage and to be that person. So know that even Beyonce has her own alter ego. 
Right. And outsourcing, I know it sounds like it's expensive, but what could you be doing in that time that would make you money to make up for it? Right. Where could your time better be spent? <laughs> I, so, so I just want to say like, my mom was a housewife. That's she raised five children. She was a housewife. And I used to tell my husband, and I'm going to say this to you, so I don't want anyone to get offended, but I used to say like, what we need is a housewife. Like I'm, I work full time. My husband works full time. And we need somebody that can do these general things that like some, like a stay at home, you know, some stay at home moms have the privilege of having help as well, but I just needed that, like that 1950s old school housewife that's at home. Right. Um, But the standards were way lower back then. Like my grandma helped with all those things. And I always thought, how does she do it? How does she raise four little girls in a country? She didn't even know the language. And the way she did it was because she didn't have to meet any expectations. Right. You know? There wasn't, um, there wasn't that comparison either. We didn't like, even wear seatbelts back then, you know? <laughs> or like social media, we're like, oh, my front doorstep is not as cute as all these other people. Or like, I have not decorated my mantle well enough. I think there's like <laughs> a lot of that like comparison too. But anyways, so think about what you need to outsource. That's, we just talked about a bunch of things for, for home. And then, you know, in your business, there are other ways. If you can afford to hire help as a VA or have someone pack your boxes or you employ your kids to help you, um, little things, you know, that you can add to your business, like try and outsource what you can for what you can afford yes. from Natalie Ekdahl's advice as well in that. Okay. So number three, the next alter ego you need that the next hat that you need to wear as a solopreneur is your salesman hat. Right. Yes. This one was tough, you guys, because there's so many different ones. We chose these two celebrities because they have a show together and they are, they know how to sell. So we chose Bethany Frankel and Frederick. So they have the show Bethany and Frederick and Frederick is of million dollar listing. We chose them because they are darn good at selling. Also because they are celeb, um, reality stars, they have parlayed that selling into so many other realms, right? Selling houses, selling products, selling um, services themselves, themselves, their personal brand on top of Bethany Frankel has salad dressings and um, alcohol brands and um, she has skinny girl. So there's so many things. I mean, what aren't they doing, right? They know how to sell. Yeah. So Find this. I said the my pillow guy originally, you know, but like, or I the other people I thought about were like um, Lisa. Um, oh my god, how did I blank on her name? Lisa from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Lisa Renna. Um, mm-hmm. She's on like HSN QVC. She she says she'll never say no to anything. But let's say like Bethany and Frederick, right? They know who they're selling to. They know what they're selling. And like Mina said, they're leveraging that popularity that they have, like they're leveraging their fame. So you guys don't need fame to leverage it. But if you do get, you know, a shout out on, on Instagram or an influencer, or you're being seen here, how can you leverage it there? We had one of our mastermind students. Um, she started doing really well on wholesale like selling her product on like wholesale stores and to boutiques where she was selling out and getting a ton of reorders. Well, she had gotten denied from a certain website that was like a online retailer website and she got denied initially. And then she went back to them and she leveraged the fact that she was selling out of her product, that there were reorders upon reorders. And she went back to that website and she said, look, this is what's happening. And guess what? They accepted her the next time she came back because she had that proof. So she leveraged this momentum in her business to then go and get herself um, on it, on somewhere where she got the no initially. 
Yeah. And it's not just about the leverage. The reason why I picked them too is because they have a clear message. It's not like they're just living their life. They're known for certain things. These the things they've tagged themselves on certain things, right? So for instance, Bethany Frankel, she um, is a clean eater. She is a no-nonsense business person. She loves decorating Frederick. He does high kicks and is lives this lavish life. I even know what his boyfriend looks like, right? So I think they become known for something. And I think that is really, really important. So I wanted to give a shout out to Nicole Pidherney of Nicole Pome Hair. She is of our community and she was referencing us um, on one of her Insta stories. She had just listened to our podcast episode. It was so funny because she was like, I was listening to one of my favorite podcast episodes, The Product Boss. She tagged us. They were talking about how it won't, it's not going to kill you if you step out of your comfort zone. And I absolutely love that. It was a good reminder. And then the next uh, story over was her doing a high kick and, and the caption was high kick into Thursday. And so I reposted her and I loved it. And what it reminded me of was Frederick, his high kick, because he high kicks everywhere. That's like, he's become <laughs> known for that. I think that even as reality stars, some of them, they go off into the darkness and we know nothing about them and don't remember anything about them whatsoever. You have to be memorable you have to have a clear message. You have to leverage that message across platforms. And that is what makes you good at sales for more than 15 minutes of fame. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think you guys can pick any of the million dollar listing people. Um, mm-hmm. And you know what else? They also know how to talk to their customer. So they know what their customers' needs are and they know how to to satiate or satisfy that, right? They're like, this mm-hmm. is what you asked for. And then here I have it for you. And it's, and it's exactly what you need. So sales are also knowing about what the customer needs and wants, and you know more than they know um, mm-hmm. that they want. So you're like, you're, they may have told you they want, you know, a house that looks like this, but you're going to show them the house that looks, you know, it might be a couple hundred thousand dollars more. Right. You know what they aspire to have. (laughs) So, so know your customer better than they know themselves um, and try and sell them what they don't even realize that they need or what they want. Right. You kind of, they think they know what they need, but you're going to really show them what they need. Right. So our fourth um, alter ego and our fourth thing that you need to to have as a solopreneur is the hustle, right? Right. The hustle. I think we, you guys can guess which, I mean, there's so many, but we, the one that we love and know for her hustle is JLo. And the thing that's funny about that a little bit is that I've heard somebody else explain it in this wonderful way that makes perfect sense, but um, that JLo's talent, her, her biggest strength, her biggest talent is not her singing It's not her acting. I know you guys have seen her acting. You've heard her sing. (laughs) And I do love all of these things. (laughs) Oh, she's fantastic. But that's not her biggest strength. And it's not her, you know, even her dancing. It is her hustle. Her strength, her magic, all of that is her hustle. And that is what makes her J-Lo. Because she was able to take her singing abilities, take her dancing abilities, taking her acting abilities. And she made an empire based off of those. She you know? has not stopped since she was on, what color, was it? Color, color Me Bad? Is that, no, no, no. In Living Color. Color Me Mine. In Living Color in when living she was color. a fly girl. So fly girl, for some of you who are young and have no idea what we're talking about, and then the others of you are like, yes, you already got that answer before us. Um, 
the hustle. So I'm going to say the hustle is one. She probably didn't say no to a lot of things initially, right? And she found the things that were going to kind of get her the most visibility. She has not stopped. Like she, she has a very, very long career where look, like she may not be the most famous for uh, movies anymore, right? But she transitioned to TV as a judge. She's positioned herself as an expert and an authority. She, she was one of the first, like she's one of the major celebrities that stepped into social media. She's not afraid. Like Jennifer Aniston just got on social media, like three posts later, but JLo has been in these things since forever. She does IGTVs. So she's always willing to try something new and she's always hustling to keep herself relevant. And she did that with big connections. She did that. Um, you know, the people she dates or has been married to have me, have, have transitioned her career. I mean, she got the name JLo from being Diddy, right? And that transitioned her from one section to another. So, um, so JLo is our hustle queen. Um, she is a working mother. She continues to live her, her best life. She has, yeah. um, all she did it without even Uma, though you mentioned, uh, Diddy, right? Well, mm-hmm. whatever his name is now. Um, and then there was Mark Anthony and there's even A-Rod right now, right? She's still J-Lo despite all those people, right? And like, it's not, they, they didn't make her. She's still J-Lo. I think um, that is something to be said about that because girl hustles and she does it for herself, you know? A hundred percent. She hustles, but and it also grows her visibility in new sections though, honestly. <laughs> like her husbands and boyfriends are like alternate platforms. <laughs> They are. It's true. Oh my gosh. They, I mean, she doesn't have a type that's for sure. Yeah. She's grown. I mean, she's gotten, she's gone across platforms. So, (laughs) um, because she was also with Ben Affleck. Oh, that's right. Oh my gosh. Julie, come on. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of of hustle. (laughs) Um, this is a very serious podcast. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, just look at that. Like just her relationships were like platforms that introduced her to newer, uh, new audiences. For example. If anything, so, they were collaborations. Collaborations. <laughs> we are bringing this back to product boss and she has products. Um, right. so, so if you ever need your hustle alter ego, um, JLo is the one that we're sharing with you and come up with one that resonates with yeah. you. Yeah. Seriously, um, there's. I wanted to say this phrase because you said it earlier when we were brainstorming on who our hustle queen was, and you said can't stop, won't stop. As entrepreneurs, as product bosses, there's part of you that has to have that mentality of can't stop, won't stop, because it's really hard in the very beginning. But if you can't stop, won't stop, and you have this passion for it, then you won't give up. You will go after it like J Lo, right? And you will make every advantage of every situation that you're in and you would just hustle your tail off and, and make magic happen. Yeah. You know, it's like knowing what your why is and what, what that, cause that it does, it gets hard. You get tired. There's like a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of money invested. There's a lot of time invested. There's time away from your family. And so if you have a strong enough why to why it is can't stop, won't stop that you have, um, a dream or a goal for your life, and we don't know what hers is, but she's obviously made it because she was Jenny from the block. And now look at her. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there was plenty of people that told her she's not the best singer or the not the best dancer or not the best, you know, actress. I mean, we all saw Wedding Planner. So I just think I that, that <laughs> she, it's like with my Matthew McConaughey, which I was like, oh man, not this guy. I um, love both of them so much. <laughs> but they both have that hustle, right? 
totally pick whoever you need to pick and tap into that because um, they made it, made it happen and they made it with um, despite people telling them otherwise. All right. All right. All right. Let's move on. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Not a good one. All right. So the next, um, the next thing as a solopreneur that you need is systems. Okay. So, um, that doesn't come naturally to all of us. And I will say systems to me too. It's like something I want to be better at, but then, you know, I'm definitely more of a creative and a visionary sometimes. And like being able to have that, you know, we don't all have co-founders or partners, um, or even the ability to hire somebody that can manage your systems but you do need to create systems in your business. Um, kind of like a COO in a way too, right? Like the operations and systems of your business. So our alter ego, our, um, this is not so much an actual person this time. It is a character mm-hmm. and it's Monica from friends. Right. I mean, she's lovable. You guys, who doesn't love systems deep down? Everybody loves systems. <laughs> you <laughs> You need to put, I don't know if everybody loves them, loves them, but it's a love hate, but you know, like you need to put things away, like where they Mm -hmm. come from, like, do not leave a mess behind. What else did she do? She was a clean freak. She always, you know, she was the person of their group of friends that organized everything. She was the organizer. She was the, um, events. She was very type A. And she, I think that that's why they made her be a cook or a chef was because there's a recipe you follow, right? And that's a little bit what systems are. You, um, you can get creative for sure, but there's certain ingredients that you cannot go without unless you substitute. Yeah. And chefs, if you guys ever watch reality shows with chefs or movies or anything, they are also needing to be the leader in the kitchen. And Mm -hmm. so they are making sure they're checking, right? So they've given out the recipes, they've trained their team. And then they're always like, taste it. You know, the scallops are raw. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of my kitchen. (laughs) Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. Oh my gosh. So and, and, you know, we bring up a lot of, um, in, uh, what are they called? Reality stars, because we kind of get to see behind the scenes, you know, in a reality type way of them and their business and them and their personal lives. But, you know, just think about Monica, Gordon Ramsay, but you know, it's like you've set a, you've created a system, you've set a system, that recipe for your business, and now you are following them and you're expecting the people on your team to follow those as well. Right. If you, yeah. if you have a, everything has a place and everything in its place, you know, like you put the dishes away and they need to go back to where they go. That's the A type, like clean freak, uh, section of, of Monica, but also the fact that she could manage these people and follow recipes and actually create them. So number six is marketing. So chief marketing officer as a solopreneur in your business. So we tried on this one to come up with you guys, other people. Hardest ever. Even when Jacqueline was introducing this number six, I was like, who did we end up choosing? Because we we had to look them up. We were looking up all all the alternates to these people, but we at the end decided that we were going to go with them. So marketing, if you need to put on your marketing hat, we just want you to pick the one you like (laughs) the most. You may like all of them, which I did at one point, but now it might be which one you like the most or you resonate the most with. And it would be, guess, the Kardashians or the Jenners. (laughs) The family, you guys. And that includes the mom. And that includes Scott Disick. 
Yes. So the reason why we ended up going with them and they were not my favorite. And like I said, we debated back and forth, but no matter, like you could be walking along trip on the sidewalk and there they are in a poster. Like you cannot walk without tripping over one of them. Um, you cannot turn on Netflix or Hulu or Pandora. You can't even, you know, flip through channels. You can't even look through a magazine. You can't look through a trade show. I mean, we just went to an event this past weekend and you know, we got the push brand of water bottle from Courtney Kardashian. Kardashian. Yeah. So the thing about them is they actually all pretty much have a product, whether they're selling themselves as a product and because they themselves were the product, they were able to branch out into physical products. So many of them. So whether Kylie Jenner is your girl or Kendall Jenner or um, Scott Disick, who's turning over houses or any of the Kardashian sisters, including Kim, the marketing aspect is that, I mean, let's go to Kim real fast. Let's, let's rewind all the way back to what was it? Like the late nineties, early two thousands, right? Kim was just Paris Hilton's like entourage. That's, that's where she started. But what did she do initially? I mean, I was, I used to work for a celebrity. So I was at the parties that they were at before they were who they are. So she would go to all the events, right? She was visible. She was seen. She would then um, do small things. She would show up at like small parties where she would get paid, you know, a couple thousand dollars, $10,000, all that to show up at parties and be like the celebrity guest. Then she, they started, remember they did, the Kardashians did Sketchers. Can we just go all the way back to the fact that they were Sketchers campaign? Okay. That is, that is not on brand for them now. They were, they were Kardashians at Kmart. They are, mm-hmm. or was that. it Marshalls? Yeah. So they've done a lot of things to grow their brands to where they are, where now they can come out with their own, like uh, Kylie Jenner's lip kits and anything they do, but they've always been on the new platforms, right? They were on Snapchat. They were the reason Snapchat existed. The second that one of the Jenner sisters said Snapchat is dead, it's literally. And now she has a filter called lip kit, you know, on, yeah, on Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. Basically think of any product they've done it. Children's clothes, adult clothes, makeup, shoes, um, hair accessories, hair products. Um, basically the Kardashians, so many of them, even food, even Bruce, right? Yeah. Bruce and Caitlin were basically going across multiple platforms, even Kanye, you know, what's the mom's name? Um, Chris. Chris, yeah, Chris Kardashian. I mean, Chris Jenner, my friend. Chris Jenner. <laughs> I think she wants to be a Kardashian still. But, and you know, you guys, I grew up in Calabasas. I grew up in Hidden Hills, actually, which is where they are. And there used to be a store. I literally walked into their store, Dash, when it was just their store because their mom, Chris, owned a kid's shop that we would go into by the sushi restaurant where we lived. And then um, they opened Dash, the girls. And and Chloe was the one they made work in the store. <laughs> so like <laughs> she was the sales rep. I mean, that's where they started. They started where you guys are. And I, none of us probably want, I mean, some of you maybe, but the level of celebrity that they are great, but, but they started somewhere and they made sure they were visible and there's a lot of them, but they are cross platforms as well. They're always visible. They are co-branding, they're creating product. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you have to put on your marketing hat, they are some of the greatest marketers. So when you're thinking about marketing, show up. Um, we are all content creators now. And because it's forced by by nature of this of the world we currently live in, we all have to show up on these different in these different places um, to be marketing our products and our brands. And so um, they are your inspiration for that alter ego. So finally. 
last, but certainly not least, is the alter ego for financials, like your CFO, your accounting, where the money is. I mean, I know it doesn't sound as fun, but you know, we've got some fun people that we are using as our alter ego. You know, I used to think that until you described it one time to our masterminders. I remember you specifically saying, you know, that when you know your numbers, you get control back of your business and then it becomes fun. And now like even you saying that, I'm like, that's so true. I, once I understood my numbers, it became fun. Otherwise it was overwhelming and embarrassing and um, hard you know? So yeah, it can be very fun. Um, and you can tap into who are our alter egos for numbers. Okay. So we're torn on this one. So <laughs> we are going to give you two. So Mina, who was yours? Mine was, well, <laughs> he's not my favorite, but mine was Mr. Wonderful of uh, it's Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank because he, when it comes down to it, rain, shine, you know, rich, poor, all of it, he goes back to numbers, no emotion, just straight up numbers. And maybe that's why I didn't love him as much. So I chose Mark Cuban, but you could pick just right. like the Kardashian He's Jenners. my favorite one. He's actually yeah. my favorite Shark Tank person, which is why I didn't want to say Kevin O'Leary when he said, who's your choice. But when it comes to numbers, Mark, you know, you'll see if you're a fan of the show that he makes decisions based on a lot of overall things like technology. If he likes that person, Kevin O'Leary, numbers only. And that's kind of the alter ego we want you to step into is think about the numbers and nothing else. Yeah. And so, um, you can choose to make it fun. Um, you, if you know your numbers, you will, there's, uh, I work with a life coach and she says, she says, um, math, not drama. So if you know your math, then you can't have drama around it. Like, Oh, I don't know if I can afford it. Well, can you, or can't you look at your numbers? So, um, Mr. Wonderful, we're going to go with as the alter ego here, and we want you guys to price your product correctly. We want you to say yes or no to things like another conversation in our masterminds right now is like, how much product do I give away for people are asking me to gift things, add things to gift bags for charities. You know, I feel so bad saying no, that goes back to Don Draper, right? Don Draper wouldn't feel (laughs) bad about it. Mm -hmm. And then Mr. Wonderful is going to say, well, you only have a budget for X. So you guys set your budget. And when you hit that budget, you say, Hey, you know, you had said to the masterminders, what'd you say about that part? I said, pick out how, pick out how many you want to do and set a process to it. So this is the inner Monaco, right? Like set a system. They have to fill out an application. It has to be in by a certain date. You know that there's like, let's say 10 slots at a certain value. And then you, let's say you package them up and then they get physically sent out to those organizations, which Don Draper would make sure that they would, and also Bethany and Frederick would make sure you could leverage that some way, shape or form if you could. And then, and then the Kardashians would, <laughs> they'd blast over. But what I like that you said was- it on social media. <laughs> if you've hit your max, you could say, thank you so much for considering me, but we've actually hit our- um, our, I don't remember what word to use, Max yeah. quota. Yeah, it's um we basically filled our slots for the people that we plan to help this year, but we encourage you and would love it if you could apply for the ones next year, right? You have to give that to yourself and it's permission to say no. Um, they have to understand that you can only give so much too. Otherwise you become a charity and you're not a business. Right. And and you know, then where and- are you at? And I think you were right, like about Mr. Wonderful in that way, like he takes the emotion out of it or mm-hmm. even sometimes some of the like fun part, like, oh, I'll give this a try. Um, mm-hmm. That, you know, it's basically where you were like, 
know your numbers. Can you afford it or can't you afford it? Is something you reinvest in or not? If you had Mr. Wonderful sitting in front of you, I mean, that's why sometimes he like mocks the people on Shark Tank. He calls them cockroaches. (laughs) (laughs) The worst. He is the worst. But he's wonderful. <laughs> but um, but that's the thing, right? Like, and when you're watching it from your couch or your bed or however you're watching it, you're like, yeah, silly people. But think about all the times that we say some silly things or we justify financial decisions or you know reasons that we're going into debt. Uh, when you're thinking like, oh, if I just keep doing more of this, that it's going to happen. So just come down, like get to the numbers, know your numbers and make decisions based on those. So if you need to save money right now and really make do with what you have, great. If there's something that's doing really well for you and you need to reinvest in that and not all the other things, great. Um, but just put on your financial, uh, alter ego hat, whoever you guys choose and resonate for you. And you're going to, I mean, like, hopefully you find power in this episode that you find a little bit of humor. Obviously we thought we were hilarious <laughs> and that you we find, did. we find power in the alter ego. Like, and then you can find your one, your one full alter ego. So the one that like gets you up in the morning when you feel like you're going to have a hard day. But when you have to take on these, like these roles as a solopreneur, the CEO, the business owner, um, these are some examples that we thought would be incredible for you. Yeah. And I would like to remind you what Jacqueline had said just earlier in the episode is that even Beyonce has Sasha Fierce, right? We all don't have fantastic days. Even Beyonce has days where she needs to pull her own alter ego. So it's not like you're going to solve all your problems just by having alter egos, but it's it's just knowing like, okay, I can turn it up when I need to. If you tap into, hey, all I need to do, all I need to do today is know my numbers. I can do that right? And then next day, all I need to do today is hustle a little bit harder. I just need to outwork them by five minutes. I love it. So let's continue this conversation in our Facebook community. (laughs) Um, We are going to put a post up. So we'd love for you guys to participate in that where we all share images of our alter egos. I think it'll be super fun. Um, So the link is in the show notes and we can continue this the conversation um, in the Facebook group and the community. This episode is over, but it doesn't have to end. Head over to our Facebook group, search for the Product Boss Biz Community, or the link is also in the show notes. Come connect with other product bosses just like you. We'll see you in there. If you love the Product Boss Podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, share, rate, and give a review on iTunes. Until next time, product bosses, let's make it happen.